0: Blue, you're the Cubs one back-to-back series against division foes home for Cubs news updates and banter we're the official podcast of Bleed Cubby Blue you can find us wherever you get your podcast by searching for Bleed Cubby Blue subscribe so you never miss an episode leave us a five-star rating if you like the show so other people can find it I'm Sarah Sanchez I write about the Cubs I write about their lack of defense I write about why Ian Happ was robbed and more for Bleed Cubby Blue and as always I am joined by the one and only Danny Rocket Danny how is it going
1: Hey, it's good. I don't I don't know what uh, to do with myself with all this winning. I I don't even know who this Cubs team is. I don't don't even know how to root for a winning team anymore. I forgot. <laughs> and now I'm back. This is th- that was awesome. Th- this that was a fun week at uh at Wrigley so far.
0: They're pretty fun and I am digging the young guys playing like Bodie over VR is such an upgrade. We'll talk about Bodie's injury. It looks like it was precautionary to pull him in a game where the Cubs had a pretty big lead, Um, but that was scary. That collision with Nico Horner, Um, but Bodie over VR is a huge upgrade. I love seeing Nelson Velasquez in the lineup more. Uh, I am digging what I'm seeing from this Cubs team right now. And I know it's short lived and, and we'll talk about all of that, but I am I'm I'm having a good time, Danny, and both of us were at the last couple of victories. It, it was a lot of fun. Uh, should we just jump right into what's going on with these Cubs? Let's do it. Awesome. Uh, one show note before we jump in: the we're going to cover both the Red Sox and the Brewer series today. We, the Fourth of July holiday. We don't want to really get up and record on a holiday weekend, and and we don't think you really want to get up and like listen to a brand new episode during your holiday barbecues or plans or fireworks or whatever it is you're doing to celebrate or not celebrate, uh, as the case may be, America. So um, we are going to try to slam a whole bunch of content into this hour, and we're going to talk about the Red Sox series and the Brewers series and the Red series, so we're just going to jump right in. The Cubs won two of three out of the Reds, and they did not win the first game, although it wasn't a bad loss. Keegan Thompson was okay. He just kind of lost it towards the end there. He threw six in a third innings, gave up eight hits, four runs, All of them earned, did not walk anyone, struck out eight. He just got out dueled by a really good Luis Castillo. The Cubs didn't do a lot with Castillo.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah. Keegan was good again. I mean, it was like pitchers duel up until later in the game. i am not, I know he was dealing, but I'm not sure why Keegan went out there for the seventh. Um, You know, I'm not saying that he was done, but he was done. That's when they started, uh, Or. well, actually, they started to score in the sixth, but then the the seventh is when uh, it, the, he went out, and, and um, that's when uh, he only got the one out, and then they had to bring in Wick, who who didn't who couldn't get anything, gave up three hits, and then Hughes had to get, had anyway. The wheels fell off in the seventh. Like is all I'm saying, and I'm not sure why he went out there. Like Castillo. He had he was awesome, man. eleven strikeouts to three walks, but uh, so they had the Cubs swinging and missing and everything. But you know, 123 pitches it took him. I understand that Thompson was only at 86, but why this guy was not even in the rotation to start the year? You know, why are you trying to like make him through a complete game, David Ross? Like you, you, you're paying, you're playing with. House's money at this point, just go to the bullpen. It's so much harder for Rowan Wick to come in who Rowan Wick's not having a great year, but it's so much harder for him to come in with runners on base uh in a situation that's not a clean inning. Like, I'm just like I've, remember how I said that I feel like Ross is playing an out behind. Yeah. Or a game behind or yeah. a week behind sometimes. I, I feel like it like this was one of those cases. I'm like, dude, just take what you got out of Thompson. He gave yeah. up the two runs, get it out, get, get him out of there. Let it go. Like, it's not like, you know, he, he had given up. I don't know how many hits up to that point, but like they weren't, they were squaring him up. Okay. You know, it's, it's, I'm just saying like I, this game was a little frustrating on that standpoint. They got the tying run to the plate at the end of it. It ended on a weird play when like the wind was going and uh, the, the, I think it was their left fielder and the third baseman nearly collide, and the guy ended up falling over. And I was like, "Oh man, just so close! Just one ball, one more ball falls in there, and and you sweep the Reds."
0: Yeah. I, um, I want to go back to what you were saying about Rowan Wick. Al had an article just sort of asking like, why is Wick still getting high leverage situations? And, and I don't think he is anymore, although the Cubs haven't had a high leverage situation for a couple of days. So it's, it's hard to say, uh, Rowan Wick pitched pitched a lot in this series and and he showed up in a game that the Cubs had definitely already blown out the red. So it's possible that he's being moved into a lower, um, lower leverage role. I, I, I think there's a couple things going on there. Wick's stuff has never been particularly great. He was always kind of one of those guys who was getting by on some location and some command and and you know, he's just the he's not he doesn't profile as that high leverage reliever that you should put in to like just know he's going to get guys out on great stuff. He he doesn't have it.
1: Yeah, it hasn't been great for him. I mean, it's the Cubs don't really have like a bullpen that's put together In like with a lot of thought, I feel like, uh, you know, like some teams, they're like, oh, we're really going to spend on the bullpen and we're going to our seventh, eighth, ninth, are just going to be locked down. We got those those arms back there and the Cubs are more like, well, we'll see who's doing okay, and we'll we'll and even last year. At this point of the year, you had Tapera and you had Chafin and you had uh, uh, Kimbrell, who were you know you ha- you could lock it down. I don't think that Ross has a bullpen like that. If you ask like why Rowanwick's getting high leverage situations, I'm like, well, have you seen who he has to choose from? Because it's not like you've got other people that can take those high leverage situations. You know, you got David Robertson and a cast of characters, <laughs> you know, and a cast of thousands. Um, circle of trust Wick is I mean I guess he's moving out of it right now but
0: yeah I mean it's, who else else fluid, you got? it's a fluid circle he could move back into it Um, but I just I was talking to some fantasy friends earlier today and, and people were sort of curious you know hey Robertson gets traded like what's going to happen with Rowan Wick and I'm like a month ago I might have said if he gets some saves now I'm not so sure I think it sort of depends on who else gets traded and who else can uh, fill that slot and, and they will see what options they have left once the trade deadline comes and goes. Cause they, are, this team is going to look very different uh, once the trade deadline comes and goes, let's talk about good things though. Let's talk about these yeah. Cubs wins. Uh, let's talk about Justin Steele dealing Valerian Steele style at uh, five innings pitch, six hits only gave up the one run. It was earned. He walked three guys. He struck out six. I thought Justin Steele looked really good in this game. You and I went to this game together, hung out with some of our friends, um, in the bleachers and definitely had a good time welcoming Tommy Pham back to Wrigley Field.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I, I think he complained. He I, I think he complained to staff that, that, that everybody was heckling. And we saw, we heard a guy, remember over on the, when we were in the left field corner that the guy had been heckling Pham and uh, one of the Wrigley uh, Field ushers came down and, and yelled at him saying, hey, you can't yell. I mean, I don't think he was like dropping F-bombs or anything like that. I don't think like he that.
0: was either. I, I was there while he was heckling fam, and they kind of had a little back and forth. And frankly, I didn't hear anything that was bad. I It was pretty standard heckling. I i, I am I am very sensitive to anything that sounds, I don't know, man. I got on some guys in the bleachers last year who were uh, really giving it to Jesus Sanchez from the Marlins. And, and I was annoyed by that because. Let me just tell you the way they were saying the name Sanchez and I I know when someone is using that name in a pointed way to get some racial undertones on it cuz yeah. well it's my name and I I can hear it in your voice. Um it wasn't like that. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a racist thing. It was, you know, like Tommy Fam is Tommy Fam is easy to make fun of. He He slapped Jack Peterson. We like Jack Peterson. He has this weird fantasy football drama. Like every team he's been on, he's had drama with. Like he, you know, did the whole, he got stabbed outside a strip club during COVID. Like Tommy Pham (laughs) is the colorful guy. Dan Zembrowski over at Fangraphs once did a, he does like these AI generated things and he did an AI generated what will the next Tommy Pham scandal be and honestly just like listed all the things that have happened to Tommy Pham. And it was truly incredible. Like it was one of those things that you read and you're like, wow, those are all real things that happened with Tommy Pham. And so he's got to expect that he's going to get heckled in left field. Right. Like that's just, yeah. life, buddy.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, if you're out there like getting stabbed at a strip club during COVID, you're gonna, you're gonna get a little heckling from the, from the left field bleachers. Um Yeah. And it seems like he's got thin skin about it too, which makes it even funnier um, because, you know, honestly, it's like one of those things that if he were to ignore us and not turn around and make faces and do all this stuff, like then um, we're not going to, we're going to stop because it's not fun to, because we're not getting to you. And, but if you turn around and you react to us or complain to staff that you're getting heckled, um, well, now you're just gonna get it more. <laughs> you know,
0: so. I mean, my personal favorite, Danny, was definitely yours, though. Danny, uh, if you've never heard a Danny Rocket parody song, really, what are you even doing here? Get on that right away. But Danny uh, invented the song Fam Slap to the tune of Love Shack, and it was
1: Fam Slap, baby, Fam Slap. Fam Slap, he plays like crap.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was great. We were singing that from the Left Field Bleachers. Uh, Danny, I think you should turn that into a full blown single. For your next album, we'll we'll sing it in <laughs> harmony for Tommy Pham next time he comes to Wrigley Field. But enough about Tommy Pham. Hunter Green didn't really have it in this game. He pitched four innings, gave up two hits, three runs. All of them were earned. Walked two, struck out five. Wilson Contreras hit a home run for his 600th career hit with the Cubs. And also after the game, in an interview with Taylor McGregor, was so thrilled to get 600 big league hits and followed it up with, how he wanted the next 2000 to be in a Cubs uniform too. And look at this point, I think Wilson knows the score and I think he knows exactly what he's doing. The fans want him to stay. He would love to stay. And he is just like playing into this whole thing. He's playing into the whole narrative. We've got Bernie's out there putting extend Wilson Contreras on their marquee thing. We've got Joe at obvious shirts, making shirts that say extend Wilson Contreras for life. We've got me and you, and Dom, and like a whole bunch of other people all over Twitter. I think three or four times a week, we post some version of Extend Wilson Contreras. And and it is setting us all up for some terrible, terrible trade angst when it happens. But also, I think the Ricketts deserve to see the angst that they are causing fans by letting this particular player who we all love so much go.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think it's just the Ricketts. For whatever reason, I, I mean, I've kind of just heard things. That they're just not really big Wilson fans overall. Like, there's they're I, I wrong. Know, yeah, they're totally Dad, you're wrong. wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's he's gonna be an all star this year. So it's like, oh, you don't want an all star catcher? You're not into that? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? Like, idiots? Like, what? Seriously, what the hell's wrong with you? That's exactly, uh, especially at a, such an important position like catcher. You get um, all that offense, and I mean. If you get the robot umpires, which are coming, I guarantee they're coming. um Then who cares about like? Remember the narrative was: oh, you can't frame, and we're going to teach Wilson to frame. He's going to get better at framing. Well, now that doesn't matter. It doesn't ma- I mean, the, you know, they're they're calling the game. David Ross is using PitchCom to call the game anyway. It, you know what I mean? So it's like it doesn't even matter. Like, you know, they, they go through their sequences ahead of time. And it, you know, so that part of it, so you just take, take the offense, take it where you can get it. I don't care what position it's at. You got the DH now. So you get, you can throw somebody like Gomes or PJ Higgins in there. You got the three catcher situation. Like, I don't understand why you don't, I mean, it's too late now. They're not going to extend him. And he won't, even if they offered him an extension, he wouldn't take it at this point, he's going to want to go out there in the free agency and see what he can get at this point. And I don't know. It's going
0: to be a lot. Too, please, Wilson, too please, Wilson, don't go to the Yankees or the Cardinals. So I can keep cheering for you. I'll cheer for, I, Wilson over everybody. As long as he's not a Yankee or a Cardinal, at least for me, Christopher Morell broke out of a little slump here. He also hit a bomb. Uh, Moved down to the nine hole from the leadoff spot. And that really seems to have taken some pressure off. He's went six for eight since David Ross moved him down in the lineup, including a five for five night uh, on Thursday, which we'll talk about in game three. I mean, Christopher Morrell just looks dialed in right now.
1: Yeah, and he wasn't. Before. So I think that was a good move to move him down. He was striking out about half the time. And so, yeah, you, you gotta, you can't have that in the leadoff spot. I mean, didn't he strike out four times in the first game?
0: I I I don't remember. It might've been, I don't have that baseball reference page up anymore, but that sounds about right. And, and I agree with you. I think that he was really pressing and almost immediately was not pressing. I also want to talk about him throwing out Tommy Pham, because this was one of the greatest throws that I've ever seen. And not just because we were giving Tommy Pham a hard time in the bleachers. But Christopher Morel comes in. He catches the ball in center field. It's like mid-center field. It's not particularly close to the infield or particularly far away. But just throws a laser to Wilson Contreras. And look, here's the thing. That ball, nine times out of 10, maybe 99 times out of 100, is a sacrifice fly. And the runner from third scores easily. If they're an average runner, Tommy Pham is an above average runner who can steal a lot of bags. So you would expect that he would score on that play. This isn't Dan Vogelback getting thrown out. This is Tommy <laughs> Pham getting thrown out, tagging from third, and he was out by a good 10 feet. Like it was not close. That throw was a laser and Wilson Contreras applied that tag. And I was, oh, it's one of the greatest throws I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. And we got to tell him about it too, because we saw him later that night (laughs) (laughs) coming home. Yeah. That we saw him later that night. And it's like the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, I was like, dude, that was the best double play of the year. And he big smile and everything. So, I mean, he, he knew that was awesome. And it really was, that was great. And it couldn't happen. it, it couldn't happen to a nice guy like Tommy Pham to get thrown out in that way. And it wasn't even, yeah, it wasn't even close. Wilson came up the line. It was a great tag, great read on everything. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Just a laser. But didn't they say it was like 109 miles an hour that he threw it or something?
0: I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see that, but I, I believe you cause I watched it and I I thought there was no way that throw was going to get Tommy fam. And I watched that play probably 15 times. It is it is a beautiful, beautiful play. And man, I want to see Christopher Morrell and Wilson Contreras combined for double plays for 10 years. That was, that was oh, outstanding. Yeah. Uh, let's talk more at uh, Christopher well, kept up One his... question though, oh, yeah, if he ahead. can,
1: if he can throw 109, why is he not pitching in garbage time? <laughs> like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, if you got a, a center fielder that can dial it up there, like, I want to see that. Like, if you're not going to. If you are not going to uh, go to the playoffs this year, I want to watch Christopher Morel zinging hundred mile per hour fastballs past 109. Hitters, bewildered hitters. One
0: hundred and nine would be like that, but it's, it's it was pretty. It's got to be pretty hard. I don't know. It was know.
1: over a hundred. I know. I saw um, something about it. Like I forget where I saw it. Probably on Twitter. And everything's true on Twitter. Everything. So.
0: Let's talk about this third game, which was a football score. The Chicago Cubs beat the Cincinnati Bengals. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) 15-7 to to win the series. Number one, credit where it is due, Dr. Hendo has showed up the last two games. He threw a gem in St. Louis. He threw a gem against the Reds. And this was not an easy night to throw at Wrigley. When I was walking up Waveland, I always sort of take a picture of the flags and I usually post it on Twitter just to give people an idea of what the conditions are right before game time. And yesterday it was 90 degrees. It was a little bit muggy and the wind was howling out to center. Like I was prepared for a football score. I was not prepared for Kyle Hendricks to go six innings and only give up two runs while striking out seven.
1: Yeah, no, he did great. And I I think sometimes that pitchers, when they see the flags doing that and they know what it's like that, especially Kyle Hendricks is so familiar with Brigley field. And for the most part pitches really well at, Wrigley field but better than he does on the road um uh, per, in usually anyway I think that don't you think that he makes a little bit of an adjustment I mean where he can to like not let them get that ball in the air
0: just oh, because totally, he yeah. knows
1: I mean I think any pitcher worth their salt I mean Ashcraft didn't know that because he's a rookie he didn't like he's he doesn't know to check the flags he's like I'm at Wrigley field I'm a red i'm I'm a rookie like he doesn't know so he ends up giving up five runs in one inning, you know, it can't even get out of the third inning. So, you know, I, yeah. Kyle Hendricks, you're, I think there's some veteran know-how there, but um, yeah, two times in a row, we'll take it. I mean, it hasn't been, it's been inconsistent. Dr. Hendo and Mr. Kyle. So we got Dr. Hendo when I thought we were going to get Mr. Kyle. I really did.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, I was interesting. With you. Danny, we've gotten a merch request now for some Dr. Hendo shirts. <laughs> On Twitter, so I'm not the merch girl, but I might need you to see what you can do to get get some merch going with Doctor Mundo.
1: In uh, speaking of the Reds, my good friend Billy Devore, who does the new Nasty Boys podcast, he does in the clutch shirts, and they're really great at turning uh, around my ideas. We got a Morel shirt over there. Um, Like uh, it's it's uh, uh, it's a uh, Morel is a fun guy. Chris Morel is a fun guy like is Morel's mushroom and then we have uh Cup Snake shirts and we also have uh, uh there's like they designed a a Suzuki shirt cuz they're like hey like cup fans buy a lot of stuff and let's maybe even though we're Reds fans let's sell stuff to them so uh anyway it's called in the clutch shirts and I will definitely talk to them about doing something like a you know maybe if there's like I could find like a famous well, should it just be Doctor Hendo? Nobody wants a Mr. Kyle shirt. Yeah,
0: nobody wants a Mr. Kyle shirt. I think that we just need a Doctor Hendo shirt. Uh, but I, I trust you on the design aspect here, Danny. So let's, we'll see, if get, let's see if we can get let's see if we get a Doctor Hendo shirt going for the listeners. I think that would be pretty fun. Uh, let's go back to Christopher Morelli. He was five for five in this game. He had a home run off Max Schrock that landed by our friend Ballhawk Dave out oh, on Waveland. Um, it's the first five for five game since Chris Bryant did it six years ago, and he's the youngest Cub to do it. Since Ken Hubbs in 1962, I mean, what more does Christopher Morel need to do? I think that this dude is stunningly good at baseball.
1: Yeah. And it's funny with the, the comparisons to Wilson, because remember when Wilson Contreras came up, he wasn't really supposed to stay. And he played his way onto staying on the team for the next six years,
0: played his way into starting the all-star game three times.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's like, Oh, well, he wasn't supposed to be a guy. Well, guess what? He's a guy. And uh, yeah, Morel's, uh, yeah, he's definitely played his way. I mean, I don't know. At what point do you start some, like, I mean, maybe doesn't have the home runs uh, to get the, any rookie of the year. Um, Well,
0: here's the thing. Like, if you had told me at the start of the season that the Cubs were going to have a rookie of the year in contention, I would have said that's Seiya Suzuki. But at this point, Seiya Suzuki has been out for like, I don't know, six weeks with this finger injury. Although he did have a nice rehab start in Iowa. As this game was going on, he hit a home run. Uh, He is back and should be back with the Cubs soon. And frankly, like, I don't know, Danny, I like this team a lot. If the outfield is Ian Happ, Christopher Morel, Seiya Suzuki. I am digging the infield. If David Bodie's your second baseman, Nico Horner, Patrick Wisdom, got to figure out that first base situation. Wilson Contreras behind the plate. That team might be, I think that team might be good.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you got, um, you've got Frank Schwindel on the shelf. He hasn't exactly been Frank the tank this year. You, PJ Higgins had,
0: at first. PJ Higgins yeah, is hitting 360 well, plate appearances.
1: Well, not only that, but he also hit a home run last night um, that bleacher Jeff got actually and got a little love on the broadcast I saw. But yeah, he's got a 907 OPS on the season. He went three for five last night, scored a couple runs. I mean, yeah, PJ Higgins is another one that's been a surprise. He's supposed to just be like the third catcher and and he's he's not going anywhere.
0: He's too good. They're like, well, you just you can play some third base, PJ.
1: Exactly. Playing a little third, playing a little, yeah. Playing a little first, uh, you know, then, um, I mean, so yeah, it's been, it's been going really well. The, the question is, you know, where, what do we look like after the deadline? And, um, I think all signs are pointing towards this team continuing to sell off. So, uh, some of these dudes, like you got Narciso Crook in there last night who also had a couple of hits, although one of them in very much garbage time. Um, yeah, it, he know. looked
0: pretty good out there. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I – obviously, small sample size, but again, a guy who all smiles, not supposed to be a guy, making the most of his opportunity, comes into the game late and goes two for three. I mean, I I don't know, man. I I'm digging all the – I think that all these guys are coming up and they're just – sort of feeding off each other's energy and they're really happy to be here. And they have, they don't know that they're supposed to not be good. And they're just like, watch us go.
1: Yeah. And uh, yeah. And crook, it's funny. Cause I looked at his uh, MLB page just to be like, Oh yeah. A crook. What does he do? And um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, he's wearing a reds hat. Like what's going on? <laughs> like apparently he was, he's from the reds organization and then the Cubs picked him up. But like, it's, he's not actually he's not hitting the cover off the ball in, uh, in the minors. I mean, neither was morale. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, 2021, he had 14 home runs. Uh, he did end up with an eight Oh five OPS, but it's the minors that was in between, uh, double a and triple a. So I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm all for like letting the kids play because, you know, you got Hayward injured right now. Um, we don't know, I mean, here's another question. I mean, as much as I like the, the idea of a morale in center, uh, hap and left, and Suzuki in right for the most part, uh, at what point are you looking at your Narciso Crooks and your Velasquez's of the world and um, – at what point are you looking at them and like these are actually more viable options? We can get something for Ian Happ, or you know what I mean? Like we can trade him now and get more for him because there's more time on his uh, team control, and still he, he won't be cheap. I mean, what is he making? Six million?
0: Uh, I think six point five seven. I could be wrong about that. So I have not he goes at up Happ's to salary. eight. I mean, exactly. that's that's
1: I mean, that's what the Cubs let Schwarber go for. You know, like they were like, oh, we can't pay him that much. Like, and they let him go. Like at what point are they going to, I mean, Ian Hap's having a really good year.
0: 6.85 for Ian Hap.
1: Okay. So Ian Hap's having a great year. He would be a valuable outfielder on pretty much any team. That bat uh, switch hitter. You know, I'm just wondering if you're looking at these dudes over, over overperforming and saying, well, we get away with that. Let's, let's trade somebody like Hap. Which would break my heart, too, because he's like he's our guy out there and left, you know, his friends with Bleacher Jeff and, you know, he always turning around saying what's up to us. So it would be sad to have to to do that with uh, somebody else. But, hey, I said to Nelson Velasquez in Spanish that he, that he's awesome and he, he turned around and gave me a wave. So Aww. like, hey, we'll just, we'll just get a new guy, you know, so I love that. Yeah, no, um, very cool. And I want to talk I, about I,
0: Ian Happ for one second because yeah. Ian Happ was absolutely robbed in this All Star balloting. And look, like I get yeah. it, Mookie Betts, Ronald Acuna, like yeah, those dudes should be on the ballot, and that's great, and you should go. But the other guys who made the ballot ahead of Mister Hap are as follows: Look, our old pal Jack Peterson, who is having a great year, admittedly in a platoon role. Jack Peterson has 17 home runs; he's slashing 276, 350, 583. I think there's an argument for Jack Peterson ahead of Ian Hap. Here are the other guys that made the ballot, and there's not an argument for either one of them, in my opinion, over Ian Hap. Starling Marte is slashing 279, 327, 442. It's almost identical to Ian Hap's 275, 377, 454. The difference, like, Ian Hap has a better WRC+, 131 versus 122. He has a better F-War so far this season, a full two F-War for Ian Hap, 1.3 for Starling Marte, and then this is the one that kills me, Adam freaking Duvall, who was in a platoon role for the Braves and is slashing 200, 267, 361, and has put up 0.3 F war this season, is on the all-star ballot, and Ian Happ is not. Ian Happ was robbed, and I'm just cranky about it. He might still go to the game anyway when the players and the coaches get a chance to say have their say, but what a joke, MLB fans. What a joke.
1: Yeah, I mean it's a popularity contest. I mean, look, isn't uh, wasn't Tatis?
0: Oh, t- yeah, Tatis got like the fifth most votes for shortstop. He hasn't played a single game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's ridiculous. They're like, "Well, oh, he's good on the show, <laughs> MLB the show." I'm like, "Oh, whatever." I mean, is he's not even doing anything for anybody's fantasy team, whoever has him. But um, yeah, no, it's it's a popularity contest. The fans vote, and that is probably wrong. But it's um, that's how it's always been. I don't see them changing it. Um, you know, it, it would make more sense to me if A, the players voted, and B, that the All Star break and the All Star game. Uh, Michael Cotton from Sunranto has a good idea about when the All Star game should be played. It should be the first game of the year. And that's how you, you do it you go to a warm weather place and you you show off like the beginning of the season with all your best players and the players pick and probably the all-star break like a couple years ago when the Cubs were in pennant races uh, we would tell people to not vote for Cubs because they needed the rest send them home let them heal their nagging injuries they get a week off or four or five days off. Let them rest, especially your pitchers. Like you don't want that. And some of the guys are going to the home run derby and stuff. And the knock on that was always that they were going to screw up their swing and stuff. I don't know if that's true, but um, yeah, it just doesn't make a whole lot. of sense. I'm not a fan of the all-star game in general, so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. I've never been into it because it's a fake game.
0: I'm not super into it as a fan. I love it for the players, for the experience. And that's the other reason that I really want Hap to have that experience. I think he's earned it. And I, I, you know, he should get to walk the red carpet once. He should get to go out there and play. He has earned it this season. I'm going to be pretty cranky if he doesn't get a shot at it because the league is like, well, the Cubs, the Cubs are bad. They should only get the one player. And Wilson Contreras is going to be the starting catcher. So you can have Wilson Contreras, maybe you can have David Robertson. You don't need a third player. And I, I think Ian Happ has earned it this year. And I, and I'm just, a, you know, he's not one of those guys. that's going to be a perennial all-star in my opinion. I don't think he's going to be a guy who gets that shot year after year after year. He hasn't been that consistent guy in MLB. And I want him to get the opportunity while he has it. And what in the season where he deserves it. couple other notes from this game. If you read uh, Al Yellen's recap over at bleed cubby blue, he has for the second time this season, just definitive proof that StatCast is not working on these home runs that make it out to Waveland. Uh, that home run that Patrick Wisdom hit the first one absolutely landed by our our friends, the Ballhawks out there. Ballhawk Dave showed us where it landed last night as I was walking home. That is approximately 440 feet from home plate and StatCast measured it at 401. As far as yeah. I can tell, StatCast lost it. It was so high that StatCast just lost it and just like stopped tracking it at 401. That's absurd because they said the second home run that Patrick Wisdom hit that did not get out of the park was 397. And that landed in like the second row of the bleachers. So you're telling me <laughs> that the ball that landed on the street on the fly went four feet farther than the ball that landed in the bleachers. Like that's just not true. Like I don't yeah. know. That's that's not true. And and the only reason I care about this home run distances, exit velocities, all of those types of things, that is how front offices are making decisions in terms of like real player value and power. And I'm telling you that something is off at Wrigley field in the left field corner.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I was confused by that too. uh, Cause I, somebody said to me, I was sitting, the ball went right over my head and I said that, what did they say that went 420 feet? Cause I could, it was muffled. uh, You know, when Jeremiah Poprocky gave the information, they're like, no, they said it went 401 and everybody looked at each other. We're like, huh? What? 401 no way <laughs> like all right well we <laughs> sit sit down and drink your beer but yeah it was strange uh yeah wisdom man you know what a great year he's having and the batting average is up he's not striking out like he was I mean I mean he's not batting 232 I'm not gonna get too excited about it you know but like it's not
0: it's having a Mendoza better season than like, Adam Duvall
1: yeah I mean it, we're just, yeah we're not <laughs> Sorry, we're not looking at Adam du- Duvall <laughs> I know seriously but we're not looking at a guy who's like, uh, you know, either he's going to strike out or home run, like, completely. Like, he was totally that guy for a while. He's got 16 dogs on the year so far. And, um, you know, I ju- you just love to see it for, for a dude like him, who we weren't expecting to ever – I mean, he was on the Cardinals. He was on Texas. Nobody really ever gave him a shot. Because of Blue Friday, he ends up on the Cubs. And, like, you know – He's got his OBP up a little bit higher. Uh, it, he's, what do you have? 20, 28 home runs last year. He's already got 16 on this year. You know, you so know, I'm.
0: We are well overdue for a quick break for our sponsors. I'm going to hold you on there. We're going to talk about Patrick Wisdom on the flip side because I have a stat that's going to blow your mind. But first,
1: oh, yeah, know. let's do it.
0: And we are back. Here's a stat that's going to blow your mind about Patrick Wisdom because, Danny, you are absolutely right. Patrick Wisdom looks like a different player this season. The power is certainly real. These are Patrick Wisdom's K-percentage splits by month so far in 2022. In March and April, he was striking out 37.8% of the time. In May, he was striking out 37.7% of the time. In the month of June, which just finished, Patrick Wisdom struck out 28.6% of the time. If Patrick Wisdom can strike out 29% of the time with this home run rate – He's not just a good third baseman. He's a great third baseman. Like I am perfectly happy to have the, him be the Cubs third baseman going forward with a 29% strikeout rate and this power.
1: Yeah. And uh, it, it's a, and the third baseman part isn't too shabby either. You know, he, yeah. he, he's, not, he's not the best. He's not going to win a gold glove, but he's got a great arm. And, uh, you know, he makes the routine plays. So I, I'm I'm not saying he's like, you know, Nolan Arenado or anything over there. But, um,
0: but at yeah, the risk no, of he's being controversial. He might be better than Chris Bryant.
1: Well, I mean, if Chris Bryant can't even stay on the field. I mean, I've at least Patrick Wisdom can do that. So, um, yeah, the uh, the OBP is up. Over last year, 10 points. He's got the exact same batting average. He's actually slugging a little bit less, and his OPS is down, but the strikeouts is what you're concerned about. He does have 100 on the year, <laughs> so in 259 at bats, but I don't know. It just seems trending. It's the eyeball test tells me it's trending in the right direction.
0: I totally agree with that. Uh, One last note from this game. I do want to talk about the David Bodie collision with Nico Horner just because it was scary and Bodie, that shoulder injury. uh, I was at the game where he uh, threw his shoulder out of socket on a slide last season. It was not good. And then he put really ended his season. He had surgery in the off season. He's really worked hard to come back. You never want to see a guy go down like that when he was down on the ground after that collision with Nico, I was very worried about him. It does sound like that was a little bit precautionary. He was nervous about it. He felt some soreness. So the Cubs pulled him. It didn't sound like they had terrible news afterwards or anything like that, but really wishing David Bodie the best news possible on that shoulder.
1: Well, you're winning, you're winning by a million points. And then I know I just drove everybody nuts by saying points, but you're, you're winning by a lot. And that happens. And you just let him stay in the game. I did. I was, I turned around to uh, the guy sitting behind me. I'm like, why aren't they pulling him? Like, who cares? Like, get him out of there. He just came back from injury. Just just get him out. And they ended up doing it anyway. But this is a prime example of David Ross playing an, a, an inning or an out behind. Like, what are you doing? Oh, he said he's fine. No, it's because he's in shock. <laughs> he, did, he says he's fine, but he's, his bell just got rung. He was on the ground on his hands and knees. And then you just leave him in there. What? Because for what? Why? What's the point? Just precautionary. Yeah, fine. But why? Why don't you do it right there? You wait an inning. So stupid. I don't understand.
0: Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either. I I kind of I was. Not what's the word I'm looking for? I was I was not happy that he was still in the game, that he was left in the game to field. After he was laying on the field like that, like that looked scary, and I I would have pulled him immediately, and like I was glad Andrelton Simmons came into the game after that. I think the Cubs, I think the Cubs were up seven to two at that point or something. But yeah, it's just it really felt like I agree with you. They should have done it immediately. I don't know why. Yeah, was just take play. him
1: out. Yeah, just because If you get you got to be careful with this guy. You you signed him for too long, probably. You know, by eh, locking him up to that contract. And so you got to protect this guy. Uh, he just came back from the injury, and you're just going to be like, "Eh, rub some dirt on it." <laughs> like, what are you doing? Get him out of there! Come on.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Um, couple other things. Oh, well, anything else you want to talk about with this series before we move on to the Red Sox and Brewers previews? I think that we might have covered this one good and, good and well. Yeah,
1: yeah, just that. Um, I, I. I, uh, hate garbage time. Oh, uh, Max, Max, Schrock. Max Schrock. Yeah. I, I just, it's a, what am I looking at now? Like you got all these guys teeing off on him. He's got an ERA now of like 85, no 45, I guess. Cause he got that last out, gives up two home runs. Uh, you know, it, it's just uh, those, those shouldn't count. Like, you, you know, I mean, I know that they're probably taking those into account, you know, when you're looking at stats, but it's just, this is a baseball game. Like, what are they going to do? They're going to like, even Manfred was talking about, it I was like, yeah, owners want seven inning games. And I'm like, okay, oh yeah, okay. 17 games and, and short stops pitching. Like, yeah. what am I looking at? This is a major league baseball game. People paid a lot of money to see. You have to, I think there should be a rule that you have to use a pitcher. Like no more, this position player crap because it's getting misused.
0: I mean that would be an interesting rule. I, I I don't love it for injury circumstances, but I I do hear what you're saying because I agree that I don't want to see Max Schrock pitch, man. I do think that David Ross was asked after the post game if there was you know if he considered using a position player, and he definitely threw some shade at the Cardinals and was like, no, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that when we're ahead. <laughs> I thought yeah. of you, uh, oh, and, yeah. and your criticism of the Cardinals and Ollie Marmol and his his penchant for bringing in his guys to pitch when they've got a 10 run lead.
1: (laughs) Why not? I mean, honestly, unless they make a rule against it, you know, David Ross probably should have done that. Now you got to face the Red Sox and you know, you're not saying, but they used Rowan Wick who gave up runs. They used Hughes who gave up runs and they're just like tossing it in there. So it's kind of garbage time for us anyway, because we don't really have that great of a bullpen. I mean, it's the fourth worst, ERA in the majors might have even dropped a, a a spot. Um, so I mean, it's not like you've got a lot of great, I mean, who knows, maybe Andleton Simmons would have done better than Brandon Hughes. I don't know. Like it could be, but, um, yeah, I'm just, it's just, it's embarrassing. It's just, it's not, it's not real baseball and it's just, and it, it, it's one thing when it happens rarely and it used to be super rare. And now it's just pretty much twice a week that I'm looking at this crap. The teams are, there's, there's a lot more blowouts happening. I, you know, I got to look into that too. I, I'm, and I'm interested to see if there are more blowout games this year than ever. Cause it's sure. Cert- I mean, I'm watching the Cubs. So <laughs> like it, it might just be specific to our team, but man, it's a lot. Yeah. seems it like a this. Lot. I mean, how many, I'm going to look at our, our numbers right now and see how many position players have already taken innings for the Cubs. I mean, cause it's, it's a fair amount.
0: Well, I while think. you are, while you are looking at that, let's, let's take a look at these pitching matchups with the Red Sox coming to Wrigley field for what, I think it's the first time in over 10 years, right? Like hasn't it been since 2011 or something? I know they haven't been here since I've lived in Chicago. They were supposed to come in 2020 and then The 2020 season got all messed up, and that was it. Um, so it's been a hot minute since the Red Sox have played at Wrigley Field.
1: Yeah, um, that's exciting. Yes. I bet you there'll be a lot of Red Sox fans in town, and hopefully, they'll be coming to a little plug here. My show at the Bleacher Bum Band is playing over at Output Wrigleyville, just on Clark Street, just a half a block north of the stadium, uh, at 4 p.m. as a pregame. So, if you're around. Uh, tomorrow at four, come on over. It's a free show. We're going to rock out. It's going to be a good time.
0: Yeah, And hopefully always, there'll
1: be Red Sox fans, too. Always
0: a good time with the Bleacher Bum Band. Uh, old pal Rich Hill will take the mound for the Red Sox. Yes, he is still playing in the major leagues. Uh, he's like Wainwright. They out, they have these curveballs that just never age, and they're just going to pitch and pitch and pitch and pitch forever. Um, so Rich yeah. Hill, it would be Rich Hill against Adrian Sampson. To start the series this Friday, today Friday afternoon, um, Alec Mills and Winkowski will go on Saturday, and then um, so some of this is TBD. I filled it in with some roto wire stuff, so if it you know if this shifts a little bit, I apologize. Um, it sounds like Keegan Thompson and Siebold uh, or Waka could go on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I hope it's Waka. I mean, the Cubs kind of light up Waka; they always have. Um, unfortunately. A couple of the players that used to light up Waka, like Anthony Rizzo, is no longer on the Cubs. But uh I the, but uh Wilson Contreras has good numbers against Waka. And if you get Keegan Thompson in that game too, it I think um you know our chances are pretty good in that one. Winkowski, he's young, he's a rookie righty, but he can touch like 99. I, I guess he did in Arizona Fall League. Um he's got a hard change up. He's his ninety mile per hour changeup. <laughs> Is it like it's like Kyle Hendricks. It's faster than Kyle Hendricks fastball. So um, you got that going on. And I'm excited to see Rich Hill out there today. That'll be. I mean, I love those old guys that just the soft tossers that just seem to seemingly pitch forever, like you said. So. That'd be fun. Adrian Sampson, like he's playing a borrowed time. He shouldn't be as successful as he has been. So just keep your fingers crossed. And Alec Mills, I, do, I'm not really, you know, too high on what he's able to do because he's basically like Hendo light and um, you know, the Red Sox are a far better team. It, you know, you're a Red Sox fan, so you, you know how much better they are than the Cubs, <laughs> but that offense, it's scary when you got like, uh, you know, Devers up the middle there, uh, you know, Trevor story was
0: third.
1: Yeah. I mean, mean in the the middle of the lineup. Yeah, Yeah. I am
0: Danny. I'm so excited about this series. I'm very torn. So I am, I'm excited because I am a Red Sox fan. The Red Sox are my AL team. I, the only team I love more than the Red Sox are the Cubs. Uh, I am real stoked about this matchup. I went to all three games that the Cubs played against the Red Sox. Um, in at Fenway when I lived in Boston that was like the first series that they had seen each other since the 1918 World Series which was super fun and cool um I I'm torn the Red Sox need these wins more than the Cubs the Red Sox are actually actually have a shot to get a wild card or you know something in the AL East the Cubs really don't the Cubs are on a winning streak though and I, I can't root against the Cubs when they're on a winning streak so it's it's going to be interesting it should be a lot of fun you're absolutely right um the Red Sox just have a scary offense Raphael Devers in my opinion is the best hitting third baseman in baseball and the only person who might be able to make a case that he's better than Raphael Devers is Jose Ramirez who is absurd and ridiculous uh they've got this kid Brett Snyder he's got a WRC plus of 167 for the month of June because of course they do Alex Verdugo is heating up he's got a WRC plus for June of 158 Xander Bogart's who also did not make the final all-star ballot, which is borderline malpractice considering the season that he is having had a WRC plus in June of one hundred and fifty, And he has definitely been better than Bo Bichette Toronto. Like I get the you all stuff to the ballot box for Bo Bichette, but Bo Bichette does not belong on that ballot. Xander Bogarts absolutely does.
1: Yeah. He's year.
0: Jaron Duran is there. Uh, high as a pretty highly rated prospect for the Red Sox. Their center fielder should be batting leadoff. Um, He's got a WRC plus of 144 in the month of June. And then Christian Vasquez, their, their catcher who can kind of hit, but not like Wilson Contreras or PJ Higgins he's got a WRC plus of 111.
1: Yeah. It's scary offense. Uh, really scary offense. Um, and uh, they they've hit, as, as I looked it up yesterday, but they've hit 34 more doubles than any other team. Rafael Devers, JD Martinez, and Xander Bogarts are all in the top 10 in the major leagues in doubles.
0: Yeah. So they're ridiculous.
1: Yeah. They're just ridiculous. It's 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 the you got to get to the bullpen because their bullpen is just average. So um, and it's like by committee. And I was talking to my friend Lyle, who's from Boston and uh, one of the hosts of the Sunranto show. We we're talking to him about it. And he's like, yeah, we just never know who's going to be pitching. <laughs> it's like we just don't know. It's like there's not like you don't I mean, do. you? Is there a closer?
0: So Tanner Houck has basically been in the closer role for the last few weeks, and he's been pretty good at it. I think he has five or six saves in that time. You might remember Tanner Houck as the right-handed version of Chris Sale, who showed up in the playoffs last season. I mean, and he really did look like a righty Chris Sale. Like, he looked absolutely nasty, lots of Ks, but he hadn't really gotten it going as a starter this season. And so Boston is kind of using him in the same role they used Garrett Whitlock in last year, which is a lot of long relief, some saves, those types of things. He's basically the closer at the moment, as far as I can tell. However, he also just took three games off because uh, he is not vaccinated and the Red Sox are coming to Chicago from Toronto. And so both Jaron Duran and Tanner Houck were have not played for like the first half of this week because they were on the restricted list for that trip. And y- y'all can read into that. What you will, so their their bullpen's going to have quite a bit of rest um, from that. Uh, The starters that we're seeing from them, with the exception of Waka, are not really guys I would expect for them to want to pitch or start down the stretch at all. Yes, that includes Rich Hill. I think they're biding their time until Chris Sale comes Sale comes back. They want Garrett Whitlock back in that rotation. So we're kind of seeing the beat up Red Sox rotation while they're seeing the beat up Cubs rotation and. If the wind's blowing out, these could be some ridiculously high-scoring games.
1: Yeah, get ready to see more position players pitching, maybe for both teams. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's always fun when the Red Sox come to town. Now it's not going to be such a novelty to play teams from the other league because we're going to play everybody next year. But I, I imagine uh, uh, that they'll be that Wrigley will be rocking this weekend. The weather looks great. Um, the only, the only thing that, uh, I did notice is I signed up, even though I'm not eligible to purchase these tickets, I signed up for, to get the, uh, notifications from the Cubs U deal where they're giving $10 tickets to students. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. Now I don't have, you have to have a .edu address to sign up. I don't have one of those. Um, so, but I did sign up to get the notifications, which I get, just to see to keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on with Cubs tickets. They're giving away ten dollars Cubs tickets to today's game, Cubs Red Sox. That should shock everybody. That's ridiculous. Because, yeah, yeah. They they can't they they if you can't sell out this game, you a are charging too much because people are like I'll do something else or. People have since Blue Friday have so fallen away from this Cubs baseball team that people just simply do not care right now. And it's going to take a lot to get people back interested, like being in first place or extending of Wilson
0: fourth. Contreras.
1: Yeah. Instead of just selling off all the players that you like, you know, even though that might be the quote unquote good way to run a modern baseball team um, you know it's certainly not a good way to fill up Wrigley Field and sell people $15 beer so anyway I, I was surprised to get yeah, that text shocking. today yeah I was yeah. surprised to get that text I've seen the tickets coming down on the still broken stub hub uh, they were going for about 40 bucks to get in price now there's more like 30 plus the fees and uh, you know if they if they can't sell this game then they, they got big problems
0: yeah, this, this series is the only series that I bought that didn't have like a special ticket offer to it or anything at the start of the season because I thought that um, I was sure this would be the one that would cost more on StubHub than anything else. It's the 4th of July weekend. It's the Red Sox. I mean, that that's a recipe for high prices, not a recipe for $10 tickets. So perhaps you should extend – our favorite players and, and let us cheer for some guys over there, Mr. Ricketts. Um, The Cubs hitters are no slouches at the moment. They actually compare pretty favorably to this Red Sox team. Ian Happ has a WRC plus of 162 for the month of June. Wilson Contreras is at 160. PJ Higgins is at 147. Nico Horner is at 134. Rafael Ortega is at 123. Christopher Morrell is at 122. And Patrick Wisdom is at 112. That stacks up pretty well against those Red Sox sluggers we were just talking about
1: yeah yeah no I mean I, I think the offense right now is is not the problem I mean you remember that old crew with Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javi Bias remember they would like score one run all the time and they'd win because of the pitching Marcus, yes yeah Marcus. so that has not been the issue the the Cubs are they are scoring a fair amount of runs every now and again it dries up but it's not as uh, like the offensive broken offense that never got fixed that we saw underneath the Theo regime. This is a diff. This is a different team. They're playing station to station and uh, Hey, they're kind of like the Red Sox, except not as good because that's what the Red Sox aren't hitting a lot of home runs. They're scoring a lot of runs, but they're not doing it by the Homer. They're doing it with doubles and getting on and moving, moving them over. And that's kind of how the Cubs are starting to be built. So it, it should be a fun series. You got two teams going to, I think, just bash each other's brains in, to be honest. Like, I really think that if the, the weather stays like this and it's hot and the weather looks beautiful, actually, it's like 80, I think maybe high 70s. Oh, yeah.
0: These could be some these could be some high scoring games. 80 degrees, wind blown out. Red Sox, Cubs. Yeah. Let, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens at the old ballpark after. Uh, This weekend's games, the Cubs will head up to Milwaukee to play a three-game set against the Brewers on the 4th of July and into next week. Uh, Those matchups at the moment look like they will be Justin Steele, either Dr. Hendo or Mr. Kyle. Uh, Adrian Sampson against Eric Lauer, a guy named Gonzalez who I've never heard of, and Corbin Burns who I have heard of. He is the best pitcher in the National League, and it is not particularly close. Um, what do you think about these pitching matchups for the Cubs up in Milwaukee?
1: Yeah, I mean it's going to be tough. I mean Milwaukee's in first place. They don't have the best offense in the world, but um, you know we have we haven't played real well against them. Uh, well, actually, I'm looking at it right now we're five and five.
0: We've played right. the Brewers hard and we've played the Cardinals hard, which I I like that. I like that the Cubs are making the two division leaders work for it.
1: <laughs> One thing I'll say about the Brewers is they were 15 and 7 in April, 17 and 12 in May and 12 and 15 in June. So we might be catching them at a pretty decent time. Um, they had a pretty bad losing streak at the beginning of the month. Uh, they lost to San Diego, Philadelphia, and Washington um, before finally snapping their streak. They did manage to just uh, beat Toronto and Tampa Bay. Now they got Pittsburgh, where they lost last night, 8-7. Um, to seven. And so we might just be catching them at a pretty good time. You got uh, th- the 4th of July game, uh, which is a day game. So and you got day, night, day going on in this one. So it's, I mean, the brewers aren't that good. Like that's what annoys me about this whole situation. You got the ARP tour running around St. Louis. You got the, the brewers who, you know, they got Woodruff and Burns, but like, it's not the same as it was last year. And you know, it's just not as good as it was, no matter what team wins. The central is going to get their butts handed to them in the, in the end of the season tournament that they're playing now. And you know, it's just annoying that the Cubs, they got injured. I get that part, but that they didn't add enough to this squad that they are, you know, as crane, Kenny pointed out, um, not spending so they could spend next year, I guess, you know, um, oh, it's that just was the most
0: Go- annoying interview. Like it'll roll over. I'm like, roll over. The division is winnable. Now you're like two guys away from being able to compete in this terrible division. And you're letting stuff roll. I here's, here's my thought on the whole, like, we have money that rolls over. because I guess That's Jed BS didn't spend his whole budget. One, Jed, you should spend your whole budget. Two, I my hunch here is that what's happening is Jed is trying to offer these like what he thinks are competitive deals that are actually like, hey, take $10 million less, but you get to live in Chicago and play at Wrigley Field, guy. It'll be great. Like they were able to get with Jason Hayward and John Lester when they were trying to build the first championship team in 108 years. And let me tell you something. You are a major market baseball team. You don't get discounts for guys to come here. You have to offer $10 million more, not $10 million less. Less, There's nothing magical about coming to Wrigley Field. When you make so much money, you can absolutely afford a contract offer that is on par with the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox. Start acting like a major market team and stop with this cheap nonsense.
1: Yeah. No, I totally agree. And yeah, I, I hate this nickel dime crap. It's just, it's so annoying. No, you should just be out there and it's not my money. Well, actually it is. And they're, they charge us a boatload to, to go to Wrigley field we were paying $15 for a Bud Light seltzer last night. You know what I mean? With the tip. So I don't want to hear it. You got cup snakes worth 50 grand going around you. The bleachers are, I mean, it wasn't the biggest crowd of the year last night but it's still pretty way more packed than a lot of uh, teams. Even the Yankees, like who are in first place, aren't drawing like the Cubs still draw in fourth place. So it's, it's totally just asinine and the fact, Oh, it rolls over. Okay. Then I will expect a $400 million payroll in two years. Then yeah. if you guys, yeah, if that's what, if it's rolling over, he says it's a closed loop. Yeah. And the, and also the marquee money is going to flow. And in. It's going to go on the book. team. Don't forget the
0: sports book that they're building at the corner of Addison and Sheffield. Like I am over this nickel and diming nonsense. Like go get this team is not look, it's been injury ridden. There's been some issues. There's been some problems like Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson and Adrian Sampson are not supposed to be mainstays of your rotation. And I get it. That has caused some problems. You can spend money to replace some of these guys and field a competitive baseball team. I, I cannot like, I, Let's talk about this Brewers offense and then end out this show because honestly, like I'm I'm on a I'm on a roll here and, and we've got to close this out. There's like three minutes left in the show. Uh, the hot hitters for the Brewers in the last month were Colton Wong who had a WRC plus of 175, Andrew McCutcheon at 156, old pal Victor Caratini at 145, Jace Peterson at 121, Rowdy Telez, I love that name at 119, and Christian Yelich bringing up the rear there at 116, but over 110. Just sixteen percent above average. I wonder whatever happened to old Christian Yelich in his MVP ways?
1: Yeah, well, I guess he had to stop cheating. Um, the only player with an OPS over eight hundred on this team for the year is Rowdy toles This is not Yikes. a. This is not a great team. This is, it, they're okay. They got. I mean, they've got some guys. They've got you've heard great of. pitching. Yeah. They got great pitching. That's what it's about. Um, you know, you got Willie Adamas and Roddy Tellez each with 15 home runs. And, and then you, you go down. What does um, Yelich have? He's got seven on the year, Mr. MVP, seven home runs only. Um, he's basically that's, doesn't Christopher morell have seven or six?
0: I think he does. And in like one month, less, less playing, time, like a lot yeah. less playing time.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, something Chris, happened I there. He, I think he hit seven.
0: <laughs> I think he hit a seventh last night. Morrell. I'm going to look that up while you talk about, and all, it shouldn't count
1: because it was off of their second baseman. So like, I mean, um, if, if that indeed was what happened, but, um, yeah,
0: Christopher Morrell has seven home runs at 185 plate appearances.
1: Yeah. And it, Chris, Christian Yelich, Yelich has 329 plate appearances, almost double and seven home runs. So yeah, nice, nice MVP, bro. Okay. <laughs> Can't wait to see him back at Wrigley and remind him about that. In left
0: field. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if Christian, if we are able to remind Christian Yelich of his former MVP ways in the left field corner, you will hear about it here on cup of cubby blue. Danny, where can people find you in the meantime? And definitely remind them about your show.
1: Yeah. Well, come Saturday, that'll be a lot of fun. 4 PM output Wrigleyville right on Clark street. It's uh, going to be a fun show. And um, then on Sunday night, uh, probably we're going to go right after the game uh, as going to do a little post game uh, wrap up of this, uh, this Red Sox series and uh, preview the Brewers as well on the Sun Ranto show live. So you can join us um, either Sunday after the game or Sunday night. We haven't figured out what we're doing, but it's going to be fun because it's, it's always fun to hang out with Cubs fans.
0: It is going to be fun. I will be there and I'll probably be tweeting some fun from the show from my account at BCB underscore sarah you can find everything on the podcast about account at cup of cubby blue we are going to take the fourth of july off for fireworks and baseball and beer and barbecues and all of that jazz but we will be back after the Brewers series to let you know everything that happened with the red Sox and the brewers let's see if the cubs can keep up these winning ways this back-to-back series wins business i don't know man it's pretty cool i like it let's if they do you will hear about it here first on cup of cubby blue till next time